Hey there, Dragons. Welcome to episode 16 of the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast. This episode is with Jeff Mueller, a.k.a. The Mighty Jerd. Check out everything he's got going on at thejerd.com. Again, as a reminder, we are still having our iTunes review contest and raffle. If you go ahead and leave us a rating and review on iTunes, take a screenshot of it, then go ahead and send that over to me via email, ken at dumbbellsanddragons.com, or tweet at me at dumbbellsdragon. You will be entered into a raffle to win Mike Napa's new book, Annabelle Lee, an autographed copy of it. Again, the contest does run from June 15th last week until July 15th next month. So go ahead, leave a rating, leave a review. I look forward to getting your emails and your tweets. Until then, work out nerd out. In the basement rolling dice, rolling dice. I'm always a wizard. When we play, we do it right. Candles flicker, fighting dragons in my mind, in my mind. Just for kicks. DM says you're gonna die. Roll a D6. Roll a D6. Roll a D6. Hey there, dragons. Kenny Rotter here again with another episode of the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast where we mix nerd and fitness culture to break down barriers. Today I am very excited to be joined by Jeff Muller, aka The Mighty Jerd. Hey Jeff, how you doing? I'm doing great, Kenny. Thanks for having me on the show. Hey, thank you for being here. We absolutely appreciate it. Now, before we begin, what tell everybody what Mighty Jerd stands for. Oh, okay. Uh, the Mighty Jerd, which is what I'm known on on the interwebs is uh it's jock and nerd kind of smashed together there. All right, man. You and I met last year at San Diego Comic Con at the Nerd Strong panel. We uh, we've had some brief conversations here and there, but tell everyone out there a little bit about yourself. I mean, I, I'm just a guy who loves a lot of geeky things, martial arts, fitness, and. I don't know, being an all-around man-child as often as I can. I mean, that's, that's really all I could say about myself. I mean, I'm just a nerd who likes to stay fit, you know? There you go. Uh, Ninja Warrior fan, I'm assuming? A, a little bit, a little bit. You know, I enjoy I enjoy the show uh, when it's on. I don't seek it out, but uh, it's fascinating to me. I wish I was younger and my knees were a little less uh, arthritic. I'd, I'd love to <laughs> give that a shot, you know? Uh, you know what? You can still give it a shot. You just might not perform as well as you would if you were 10 years younger. Or my kneecap might shoot out like a hockey puck and uh, I'd end up as a, a highlight reel. So <laughs> I did not know that was a possibility, but yes, that that, that would be bad. <laughs> why would your why would your knee do that? Is <laughs> Well, I'm I'm getting up there a little bit. I'm 43 uh, and my knees, you know, I've had knee surgery in both knees. Just uh, I do a lot of Brazilian jiu-jitsu, a lot of martial arts, and just random injuries over the year. You know, blown ACL here, torn meniscus there, plus a little bit of early onset arthritis means I have to be a little bit careful with the way I work out. Now, I don't run anymore. Uh, I pretty much you know keep keep as much impact away from my knees as possible. Stick to swimming, cycling, you know, jumping rope, things that you know, put the stress on the ankles rather than the knees, stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I tore my ACL, oh gosh, probably eight or nine years ago. Mm -hmm. And I was still relatively young. You know, I was 23, 24 when it happened. Sure. And it still gives me problems. That's and, a, it's not a fun injury. No, no. And honestly, I think the main reason I have issues with it is because I didn't follow my uh... physical therapist instructions to the T. You know, I slacked here and there because I, the fit lifestyle hadn't, taken a hold of me yet yeah that's uh that's one of those sorts of injuries where if you're not following the the recovery regimen a hundred percent yeah you might run into problems where luckily i don't have any problems with it that way it's just one of those things where i i feel that it's not quite as flexible and strong as it used to be uh it might and honestly it might all be in my head who knows yeah no absolutely but moving on Let's tell me about one of your heroes, superhero, fictional hero, source of inspiration, anything like that. Man, all right, we're diving right in, aren't we? All right, one of my heroes. God, I, I have a couple, uh, but I'm going to stick with a real hero, uh, and that, that was my grandfather. Um, I, man, I looked up to my grandfather so much growing up. You know, I used to, they lived not too far from us, about 20 minutes away. 
and they would babysit me all the time. Um, and I just, he, he was just a giant man. Uh, you know, six foot two, broad shoulder, barrel chested, and just one of the, one of the most compassionate and interesting people. He just fascinated me as, as a kid. Um, you know, he was the nicest person to everyone he met. I never saw him raise his voice to anyone or, or make anyone feel bad. He always did his best to make people feel at home. But yet, if there was an injustice, he would be the first person to stand up. And if necessary, he'd be the first person to punch it in the mouth, which right. I just, I respected so much. And I, I just, you know, I took so much of my lessons in life from him. Um, one of my favorite stories about him that my grandmother used to tell me growing up was, you know, he was a depression era kid and work was difficult. And he was a part of that whole you know, that whole era where people would, you know, mobs of people would stand outside of factories trying to score one of the three jobs that happened to be available. And he dropped out of school in eighth grade to help support his family. And, and there he was in front of a steel mill when he was a teenager. And the, the foreman asked if anyone had a very, spe a very specific skill set with a type of a metalworking machine. I don't remember exactly what it was. And my grandfather just stood up and lied and said, yep, I know how to use it. Huh. You know, got got the job. Guy brought him in, watched him for about an hour, and pulled him aside and says, "You have no idea what you're doing, do you?" And my grandfather said, "Nope, I have <laughs> no clue." But he was confident. He said to the guy, "He said, but I I can do anything I can watch someone else do." And he said that with the utmost confidence. Of course, the foreman looked at him and said, "Have you ever seen someone play a piano?" And my grandfather kind of went, touche. But the guy loved his gumption and kept them around and apprenticed him and things like that. But my, my grandfather just did whatever came to mind with the utmost confidence that he could do it, whether it was opening a restaurant with no experience whatsoever, moving halfway across the country to, to be the partner in a car dealership, you know, all sorts of things he did. If he saw something he wanted to do, he researched it and he went for it. And man, that's, that's just something I've, I've, kept inside me my, my whole life. And I don't know who I would be if it wasn't for him. That's awesome. That's so cool. And you and I could probably do an entire other podcast just on our grandfathers. Uh, I had a very similar relationship with mine. Uh, your grandfather sounds like an awesome, awesome guy. Uh, definitely a product of that era, it sounds like as well. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. I mean, there's something about people that grew up in that time frame that they have a, a certain resiliency to them. You know, yeah. I, my, my grandmother was the same way. I uh, just now granted there, there are aspects of, of, of that that maybe not the best, you know, as my grandmother got older, it became very apparent, little racist, but, <laughs> you know, but there are things though that they brought to the table that I just think people of our generation just don't get for the most part. At least not in this country. Oh, yeah. That's that's definitely true. I know my grandfather, uh, he's very similar, dropped out of school eighth grade. Oh, to, wow. Okay. To, yeah, to go uh, drive a bread truck. Hmm. And he was 13, 14. Wow. a bread truck. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, great story. Just just real quick, because I, I love this story. Um, he's driving the bread, bre bread truck. And a guy jumps into the cab of the truck and is like, all right, man, drive. <laughs> okay. And, and my grandfather looks at the guy and goes, well, you got a gun? No. Well, you got a knife? No. What the fuck are you doing? Get the fuck out of my truck. <laughs> and the guy was so dejected <laughs> that his his robbery went awry that he just sulked out of the truck oh that is fantastic he took his soul with nothing but words <laughs> beautiful and it's like it's like that sort of thing only can happen in late 30s early 40s manhattan yeah that is you know? something straight out of a movie yeah so cool fantastic uh, and I'm, I'm sure you have thousands of stories like that about your grandfather as well and, I do. Yeah. So did you ever talk to your grandfather about fitness or was that ever an aspect in y'all's relationship? You know, it, it wasn't. It's something I wish I would have asked him about because, like I said, he's, he was a giant guy, barrel chested, broad shouldered, big biceps. But 
Not once did I ever see him lift anything heavy other than, you know, working in the garage or something like that. And he never mentioned it to me. So either he was just one of those genetic freaks that just <laughs> luck, luckily is born with a, a ton of muscle or he kept that part of his life completely quiet. I don't know. He, he took my grandmother dancing all the time, which was, you know, something they did together. Uh, but, you know, that's not the same thing. Uh, so I, I really don't know if he if he was a, a gym rat or not in his youth. Maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. Yeah, for sure. Those are always the types of family relationships that I wish that I would have had the mindset to ask, you know, 10, right. 20 years ago. You know, you never think about that. No, no. The only thing he ever taught me, you know, he taught me how to throw a, a good left hook, uh, which is nice. But uh, <laughs> and taught me how to fish and things like that. But we never we never talked about fitness. Huh. interesting. Well, what is your, what is your current attitude towards fitness? I know you said you do a lot of swimming uh, and low impact work, but what else? Well, I, my attitude needed to find my attitude toward fitness. It's great. <laughs> that's, that's my attitude toward fitness. Uh, I I don't know. I mean, I I like uh, I do a lot of body weight exercises uh, for sure. Um, I, oh, any particular reason body weight over weights? Um, convenience. When I can lift weights, I do. Uh, but in, you know, in my house, I have you know, dumbbells and a bench and things like that. But in a lot of ways, it's easier for me to to pump out a really good hard body weight circuit than it is to lift weights at the house. So sometimes, if I can't make it to the gym down the street. That's what I'm going to be doing, a, a crap ton of pull-ups, dips, push-ups, squats, lunges, those sorts of things. Um, also, because I, I do I compete in Brazilian jiu-jitsu a lot, my, my weight class is something that I have to maintain. So packing on a lot of muscle would move me up in weight classes, and that's not what I want to do competitively. So I try and maintain where I am right now. Uh, so it's a certain amount of weightlifting and a lot of body weight exercises. Okay, that's actually really interesting. Uh, how often do you compete? Um, I'm back. To, I'm back competing now. I took a took a couple years off due to the knee surgeries we had talked about. Uh, yeah. I was just training. I wasn't competing, but I've done, I've done a bunch of competitions this year. Um, I'd say probably do one every two two months. Has pretty much been my track record this year. So I've got another one coming up in a couple weeks and another one at the end of August. So, yeah. How'd you get involved? I have been doing martial arts my uh, almost my whole life. I started when I was 15. Um, it's just been something I've been fascinated with since I was a small child. You know, grew up watching kung fu theater and things like that on TV and, and just had never been able to get out of my head. So I've, I have tried everything under the sun for the most part. I set it on Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu about eight years ago. Took a shift into that because I found as the older I the older I get, the more things I try and cram into my life. I don't know if it's the you know the sense of my impending mortality or whatnot, <laughs> but but I want to do all the things all the time. So I have to I have to try and condense things where I can. And Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is probably the greatest workout I've ever had in my life. So it allowed me to shave off a lot of time in the gym and combine it with martial arts at the same time. So the two hours I'm spending on the mats, you know, three, four five times a week is that's my workout in addition to my martial arts fix. So, yeah. Why do you think what you said earlier about later in life you wanted to cram, you said it might be the, the <laughs> your impending mortality. I think it's more as we get older, we realize the importance of doing things we enjoy and not doing things we pretend to enjoy. I, I think that's a very valid point. For me, though, I, I've, always, I've always looked at myself and said, man, I don't know what I want to do when I grow up. And I don't know if that's problematic as a 43-year-old man or not, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, uh, there's so many things that I could devote myself to full-time, so many different things that I want to experience in life that I know I can't do them all. I know that's not possible, but I want to... Hey, man, we're just we're going to a dark, morbid place here pretty quickly, uh, but I don't want to <laughs> lay on my deathbed going, man... 
I wish I would have done X, Y, and Z. I want to be able to go, man, I'm glad I did X, Y, Z, A, B, C, one, two, three, chicken and purple and all these other things. So Absolutely. I just, I just keep finding new things to do. It drives my wife nuts. You know, I, I am a serial hobbyist and I'm constantly finding things that to, to fill my lack of time with. I mean, there are constants. Don't get me wrong. My job, obviously my family, uh, fitness, and martial arts, those are my constants. Everything else kind of has to fit in around those things. But I am I am constantly trying to cram more things in. And the older I get, it just gets worse and worse and worse. Yeah, and and I, I'm, I'm approaching. I'm approaching that level where there's so much that I want to do that I don't know how I'm going to fit it all in. And I, I think you have a good mindset in that you want to do all that before your time here expires. Time is really our only finite resource. Yes, exactly. And I don't think anyone ever was on their deathbed and said, man, I'm so glad I paid off that mortgage. <laughs> I, yeah. I I agree. You know? I mean, I would like to pay off my mortgage. Don't get me wrong. But Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> that that's not going to be my final thoughts for sure. Yes. Yeah. And... Speaking of things that might bring us to our impending doom sooner rather than later, do you have a favorite cheat meal? <laughs> I do, man. Let me tell you. So first off, cheat meals to me are things that I indulge in pretty regularly. I live by the 80-20 rule most of the time. 80% of the time, I'm pretty good. 20% of the time, I just eat what I want. I don't worry about it. There you go. Uh, when I'm in competition mode... Completely different. Then it's six to eight weeks of very strict eating. So when I come out of my very strict eating mode, like right after a competition, I crave two things. In invariably, I crave two things every single time. I crave chicken wings and I crave donuts. Oh, well, hey, I'm totally glad you said donuts because uh, I was two weeks ago, the podcast that aired – was with a bodybuilder mm. uh, and one of his favorite meals right before competitions is a dozen donuts. Oh, that sounds glorious. <laughs> sounds glorious. So you're on the East coast, right? Yeah. Which favorite wing place? <laughs> there, there was a place, I mean, it's still around, but it's a bit of a hike for me now that I moved called cluck you chicken. <laughs> it's a small little chain, you know, just a couple spots here on the East Coast. And you started off in Maryland at College Park, and their wings are phenomenal. Love them to death. Are we talking like mild, medium, hot, or like barbecue? They yeah. they they do them all. Uh, I, I tend to I tend to lead towards something in the mediumish range. Uh, I, while I do like hot sauces and things like that, I used to like them a lot more when I was younger. The older I get, the less I'm less concerned I am about dousing my mouth in habanero juice. You know, it's just <laughs> not my thing anymore. It's the, uh, it's the heartburn, man. It's the heartburn. You know, I've never had heartburn in my entire life, knock on wood. So, uh, <laughs> I'll take your word for it. But, uh, but yeah, I, uh, wings, wings and, uh, wings and a good, just a good glazed donut. Ugh. That's see now I'm all now I can't get anything out aside from wings and donuts out of my brain and I just want to go eat. <laughs> be strong, man. Be strong, Kenny. Don't I do, can it. do it. Don't I give can me do it. <laughs> now, do you have a mantra or a motto? Uh, I do. I do. I have one that I really like, and it is so unfortunate where it comes from. So, <laughs> I think the motto that. That I, you know, one of the mottos for my website and one of the mottos that I tend to live by is civilize the mind, make savage the body. I, I, I am a firm believer in studying philosophy and being intelligent as well as training myself to 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 not be nice if necessary. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's a great quote. But unfortunately, it's a quote that was used in a speech by Mao Zedong. So. Mm. That, you know, it's a, it's an old Chinese saying that he kind of co-opted. Uh, so sometimes people take umbrage when I, I, when I say that, you know, put that quote up or things like that. But I, I think it just pretty much encapsulates my, my life philosophy that you, you have to have balance, uh, be it physical and mental. I, I think you need both in life. 
Yeah, absolutely. And do you do you explore any? You said you enjoy Chinese philosophy, Eastern philosophy, uh, Buddhism at all? Yeah, you know. So, I you know, one of the the martial art I spent most of my life studying is Japanese jujitsu, uh, old, very old school Japanese jujitsu, and that, you know that has invariable ties to, you know, mar- old old martial arts. It doesn't matter what, you know, where you're studying them from, whether it's Western martial arts, which are, you know, the, the European stuff and the, the, the sword fighting and things like that, they, they always reference Christianity. And then if you look at Chinese martial arts, they're always refer- referencing Taoism. And if you look at Japanese martial arts, there are always references back to Shintoism and Buddhism. So, yeah, I've done a fair share of studying, studying Eastern philosophies and things like that as part of my martial arts study. Sure. Well, I just think that that exemplifies how the mind and body are connected yeah you can't you, you yeah. can't have one without the other it, two sides of the same coin uh, or you'd be a zombie <laughs> <laughs> good point all right speaking of zombies let's move into some realms of nerdiness since you are the mighty jock nerd <laughs> yes i am i am so what nerdiness do we want to talk about what are your favorite areas I have always – I am a huge comic book fan uh, um, and I'm a huge fantasy genre fan. I think those are my first two fandoms. I think – think it back when I – fantasy came first. I read The Hobbit when I was 10 and it hooked me. You know, I, there were some you know series that I had read younger than that and then my mother read to me uh, the Black Cauldron series and things like that, which I absolutely love. But when I read The Hobbit by myself for the first time, I was hooked. Give me a story with dwarves hitting orcs in the head with axes, and I am happy. <laughs> I'm happy. Like, that's the greatest thing in the world to me. And then I think I was, I think I was 11 when I bought my first comic book. It was uh, X Men giant sized uh, number one. It was a reprint. I saw it on a spinner rack, which is something uh, younger people don't even know about anymore. <laughs> but, but yeah, comic books and, and fantasy stuff is my favorite. I do like sci-fi here and there. You know, I do like video gaming. Uh, but but primarily, yeah, give me some dwarves, give me some dragons, give me some dudes in tights punching other dudes in tights. Love it. <laughs> right. What are what are some comics you're reading right now? Oh, so many. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely so many. I mean, some of my favorites have always been, you know, favorites that never seem to go away for me are Batman, Daredevil, um, I'm really, really enjoying the the all new, all different Avengers. I'm enjoying, uh, man, God, there's so many. Like I read, so, my pull list is ridiculous. It's it's depressing sometimes. <laughs> uh, the new Doctor Strange book from Marvel's fantastic. There's some great books coming out from Image that I love. Let me give a shout out to Empty Zone, which is this weird cyberpunk shadow runny story that's it's absolutely mind-blowing i love saga is a great side oh, saga is so good right right rocket girl is fantastic i'm hitting, you know, hitting the sci-fi stuff right now birthright is a great fantasy book from image that i'm reading you know i i read so much have you uh read any of frank miller's dark knight part three i have i've been reading that you know i i like it I don't love it like I like the, you know, like I love the first one, but yeah. I don't hate it like a lot of people on the internet have been hating on it. I think it's a pretty cool story, uh, digging it, digging the art. Um, yeah, it's 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 good. It's it's just Frank Miller is uh, he's an interesting guy, um, pretty <laughs> pretty curmudgeonly uh, in his old age, pretty crazy right wing, not my cup of tea, but. I, if he's going to write something, I, I he can write Batman and Superman anytime he wants, as far as I'm concerned, and I will pretty much read it. Well, that was that was my thing, like eight or nine years ago when he was writing All Star Batman and Robin. Yeah. And they and he just got so busy with the Sin City movies and his some other movies that they had to stop that after seven issues. Yeah, you know I I don't begrudge. Here's the thing with with Frank Miller and his comics. People people argue and yell at him for changing and it, it not being like what he did, you know, originally. And maybe, you know, people say, oh, you're a shadow of your former self or this doesn't look the same or yada, yada. I, I hate the fact that when artists come up with something that's 
groundbreaking. Like the original Dark Knight was groundbreaking at the time. If you were yeah. if you were not a if you weren't a comic fan at the time, you do not understand what that did to the industry. Um and for people to pigeonhole someone and not expect them to grow is just ridiculous. It's like people that that you know follow bands for 20 years and all they want them to play is something off their second album. Like it's just it's disrespectful to the artist in, in my opinion. You know, if you want to if you don't want to like their new stuff, that's fine. Move on. Find something different. But don't expect that artist to just sit like like a bug in amber, you know, for all time. I think that's very unfair to the artist. I would wholeheartedly agree with you. And I think so often we complain that musicians in particular, uh, as well as comic book artists, they – if they're doing everything exactly the same, we're like, okay, they're one-trick ponies – but then if they try to change, they're either sellouts or, you know, why are you trying to change a good thing? Don't fix it if it's not broken. Yep. It's like, let the artist evolve. Yes, exactly. You you do not own the art. You, Which, are, you are simply consuming it. So if you want to consume it, enjoy it. If not, move along. Absolutely. Uh, and first, I got to give a shout out because I think one of the best artists to exemplify that has been Miley Cyrus. I have never been on a podcast where someone gave a shout out to Miley Cyrus. This is interesting. Yeah. Continue, sir. Her first albums were, you know, Poppy, Hannah Montana, you know, 12 singles on one CD, you know. Right. No, uh -huh. no, no fluidity. Just pop, v pop, Very pop, formula. Sure. Yeah, poppy crap. So then she got into her rebellious phase, Can't Be Tamed, um, and the album Bangers, which were a little bit more rock and hip-hop driven. Really cool. And then she came out with the album Miley Cyrus and Her Dead Pets, which is all trippy, flaming lips style uh, music. Right, right. And she has one song on there that's all about her pet Blowfish who died. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, the album I think is not good. <laughs> but I applaud her for trying something new and trying to evolve and trying to expand her repertoire. Yeah, I, I, I have, you know, like like most nerds, I have gone through my self-righteous hipster holier than thou phase uh you know I, we, we all go through it and i think it's part of the psychological impact of growing up a nerd in my generation because man it was not easy it was not easy being a nerd when i was growing up it was horrible and i i oh, yeah. I, sh I shouldered the psychological scars for a long time but luckily i think i passed most of it you know i but i will never begrudge anyone for trying anymore yeah, that's just, it's just, you know, it's one of those things where I want to, you know, something that Kevin Smith said in one of his talks, and it was in his book, uh, Tough Shit, which is a great book, by the way, uh, where he, he talks about not being, you know, not asking people why, you know, why are you doing something, which is imp implying a negative, but to ask people, why not? Why wouldn't you try something? Why not do that cool thing? Why not try that new music that you want to play? Why not write that book that you want to write? Why not draw that thing in a completely different style? That's the type of person I want to be. I want to encourage people to do stuff because honestly, I want to feel encouraged. So I, I try to try, I try to not take the negative stance, uh, which unfortunately on the internet today seems to be the norm. Oh yeah. Well, and you've done that with the Jerd, uh, your podcast that we're going to talk about in a little bit. Like, I did it because of this podcast. My mo oh, my mother was not a big supporter of this. Really interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was telling her about when I wanted to launch the podcast, and I had quit a relatively decent job in Phoenix to move out to LA with my wife. Uh huh. And we went back to visit. I'm telling my mom about the podcast, and she she puts her hand on my shoulder and she goes get a job honey <laughs> and i was like you know what i'm i'm gonna do this so yeah yeah it's yeah i i get it you know it's it's funny you know i work a day job 
Uh, yeah. nine, nine to five. I'm a computer guy, you know, work in corporate America for a gigantic faceless corporation. You're the man. I, I, I am. I, <laughs> I, I literally work for the man. And it's funny. I, I try to keep my personal life very separate from work stuff. But occasionally I get sucked into these corporate functions and I work with a lot of sales guys and they're always talking about. They're always talking about golf and scotch and cigars and you know, a bunch of other stuff I don't care about. Um, and <laughs> they will talk to and they will try and engage me in conversations. And when they ask me what I do and I start talking about, well, you know, I run a website and I wrote a book and I compete in jujitsu and the and the looks that I get and the 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 questions of why why are you doing that with this look of just confusion or disgust or derision on their face i just i just get so sick of it oh yeah i'm with you man i will never ask you why that that and that's perfect you know and it's it's funny because all those guys and i am generalizing a little bit but all of those guys when they're done talking about their golf scores and they're done talking about you know the boat that they rented and you know what you know what what their favorite scotch is will invariably launch into conversations about how unhappy they are and how they don't have time to do anything and they don't spend time with their families and this and that and I just look at them and go man you're asking me why uh, you're answering your own question right there because yeah. I uh, everything that I do outside of work and why I put hard limits on my work hours is because all those things I do enrich my life they don't detract from it and I, I, I work to live. I don't live to work. And, and it's go. and it's a hard concept for people to get through their heads, especially in corporate America. Um, I, it's weird to me how I have a very successful career and have not been fired. <laughs> <laughs> well, and there's – people are always thinking or planning on retirement or focusing on the future when I learned – you know, five or six years ago, so I was still oh, fairly young, but I was like, you know what? I could get hit by a truck tomorrow. Yeah. And and am I going to say that I did everything I could? So it's like me and my wife have a rule, which is um, we go to sleep fairly early, but it's no mm. screens after 7 p.m. Oh, very nice. So no TV, no cell phones, uh, unless we're working. Because sometimes her job she has to bring home. Sometimes I'm doing work for the website and the podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. But even then, we're usually next to each other on the couch talking while we're doing it. That's awesome. But yeah, so I, I encourage everyone, and it doesn't have to be 7 p.m., but an hour before bed, no screens. Yeah, I mean, 7 p.m. was great. You know, I didn't realize you guys were 75. That's cool. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, I, I, get, I, I get it. It makes sense. Well, I get up at 4 a.m. Oh, oh, yeah, never mind. Gotcha. All right, <laughs> fair enough. That sounds so, miserable. Every Everything people do between the hours of, like, 7 p.m. and when they go to bed, let's say 10 or 11, I do between the hours of 4 a.m. and 8 a.m. Gotcha. Fair <laughs> enough. Okay. Yeah. So what is one thing you're into that other people might find surprising? Um, I think... People find it surprising when they find out I'm into cars. Uh, I, I love cars. I love working on cars. I, doesn't, I don't look like the type of person that will sit there and turn a wrench all afternoon or swap out an engine, but I've done it and I love doing it. Um, yeah, I haven't had a lot of time recently to work on my cars, but uh, yeah, it's, it's something that I've always enjoyed. Uh, speed has always been something that's fascinated me you know i gave up my motorcycle years ago uh just for self-preservation reasons <laughs> uh, but no kept, kept my kept my fun cars and things like that and I, and I definitely enjoy working on them and that's that's definitely i feel stereotypically more the jock side than the nerd side you wouldn't expect um stereotypical nerd comic book guy to be working on his cars right but that's the thing is you know he, the stereotypes drive me nuts because you, you wouldn't expect, okay, I, I hate being put in a box. And I'm not saying oh, you yeah. will, but just in general, society wants to put everyone in boxes. And so there I you know, for instance, I'm at work. 
I'm in, you know, nice clothes. I'm dressed up. I'm having meetings with people. I'm talking, you know, I'm talking the talk, walking the walk, you know, all that jazz. And people will say, hey, what are you doing this weekend? And I tell them, hey, I'm going to go. I'm going to fly to California to fight people. (laughs) Essentially. And they just look that doesn't make any sense. You know what? You're you are a corporate guy. So why would you do that? Or if I'm in the gym and I'm, you know, working hard and I'm fighting people and we're we're beating the crap out of each other for hours on end and they ask what are you going to do this weekend and I say hey I'm going to sit down and I'm going to read a bunch of comic books Uh, they'll give me a weird look or if I'm with my comic book friends or gaming friends and hey what are you doing this weekend and I talk about either fighting people or going to the gym (laughs) or working in my car they look at me funny or if you're with a bunch of car people and I'm, you know, talking about this or that. And then I say, they say, hey, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I'm going to work on my website or I'm going to, you know, work on my next book. Then I get a weird look. Well, writing a book, that doesn't make any sense. Like, I hate that. I, I don't believe that. I don't believe in any of the stereotypes. I don't believe that people should be put in boxes and it infuriates the crap out of me. Well, how great would the world be if everybody lived a life where their goal was to get as many funny looks as possible? That would either be the greatest thing ever or the most tragic train wreck of all times. I, I, I don't know which. What? Also, I think if everybody was doing it, then everyone would just be like, oh, okay. True, true. Fair enough. All right. So yes. getting this, this is the most pivotal question of this entire podcast. Oh, Lord. Okay. If you it, could have any superpower, what would it be? Man, I hate this question. And I'm going to tell you why I hate this question, because my answer is so stereotypical. I always feel bad. I feel like I should have some crazy power that I've thought up. But my answer always when I'm asked this question is flight. <laughs> I, and it's not because, you know, oh, I can get anywhere. I can do it. To me, my idea of utter peace would be able to just fly up into the clouds and float for a while where it's totally quiet the sun beating down on my face and there's nothing around me. I can't think of anything that would be more peaceful than being able to just get away like that for 20 or 30 minutes a day. So my, my answer is flight is just basic as it is. That's, that's a great answer, but a beautiful reason and follow up. Do you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert? I am a, extroverted introvert okay when i when i get to know people i'm pretty extroverted uh i i can be pretty shy and i need i need my downtime you know after i'm out and being extroverted a lot i do need a lot of uh man i'm gonna go sit in my house and be quiet for a little while okay the reason i ask is because if you ask people if they could have one superpower flight or invisibility Normally, the people who are extroverts will say flight because they want to be seen. They want to be the center of attention. They want to have this special Mm. ability. Introverts will say invisibility because they don't want to be seen. They kind of want to just kind of go be unnoticed. But your answer of flight to get away was kind of a mixture of both of those. And I thought it was very, very, very interesting. Yeah, I can't. I don't. I can't see anything good coming in uh, out of invisibility. <laughs> like, that just that just sounds like trouble. So yeah, flight. Yeah, flight. All right, let's move a little bit to current events. What did you do to work out nerd out this week? Well, for me, I'm currently, like I said, I'm in the competition grind right now. So this week, I've been in the gym, you know, multiple times. On the mats, working out. I've got the the Masters World Championships coming up in end of August in Vegas that I'm preparing for. It's an extremely difficult tournament, uh, so I am I am looking for my first world title this summer. So I'm training hard for that. And then I caught up on a lot of TV I've been missing out on. So <laughs> I, unfortunately, with just as much training as I've been doing and work has been kind of killing me and other things, I've had to let my my nerdy TV shows pile up on the DVR. So I caught up on the flash this week and I feel good about it. You know, I'm finally, finally back, back current, ready for the season finale next week. So, uh, yeah, pretty happy about that. 
that's I Flash is one of the shows that I need to get into, but oh, I so good. Well, so my thing is, I have this mental block where I'm a completionist. Oh, me too. And so if I started watching The Flash, I'd be like, okay, I need to watch Supergirl and Arrow and Legends of Tomorrow. Yep, it's difficult. I I concur. And so I'm like, I can't invest those four hours a week right now. I will so say I'm not I, I will say this though, in the show's defense, you don't have to watch Legends of Tomorrow, and you don't have to watch Arrow when the crossovers occur. They are self-contained, and all you have to know is there's a dude, and his name is Arrow, and he has a bow. Like, that. that's it. So you can get away with it. But okay. if, you're, if your OCD is really strong, maybe not. But if you, <laughs> if you can rationalize it just a little bit, I, I you, you don't need to, really. You can watch that one 100%. Like, my wife, for instance, watches only Arrow and the times where Flash has crossed over. She just knows it's a guy named Barry Allen, and he runs really fast. And that's all you need to know. They, they do those very well. Okay, that's good to know. Uh, I'm sure I'm going to fall in line sooner or later, although I think the next thing I'm going to catch up on is Supernatural. I have never gotten into that show, and I have gotten so much flack from the internet uh, for it. Yeah, but dude. I, it's just, when I, when I hear about shows and I'm that far behind the curve, and I'm like, how many seasons do I need to catch up on? I just, I'm like, no, I just can't do it. Just can't do it. And I prefer shows that have already ended. Yes. So that I know that there's a finite yes. end point, you know? Yeah, it's not one of these ones it's not one of these ones where you invest two seasons and then all of a sudden they cancel it and there's no resolution and you're left looking at the screen like, son of a bitch. You yeah, know, it's the it's the worst. Do you do you like dark, gritty shows? You know, I do, but in, in moderation. Uh I like a healthy ratio of happy, funny to dark, gritty. Okay. You know, if I'm watching a bunch of shows, one or two may be dark and gritty, but a majority will be a little happier, a little lighter. Okay. Because my the thing I'm working on this week is uh, the series finale of the show Banshee. I've heard great things about that show. It's so good, and it's four seasons, three of ten episodes, this last one of eight. And I just love that show. And it's just gritty and dark and beautifully well done, even though there's usually a shit ton of plot holes. Oh, sure, of course. I've heard what I've heard great things about it is that the uh, the fight choreography is supposed to be excellent. Oh it's so great. Yeah. Yeah. There's one fight scene where he blocks a punch with his elbow. Like he puts mm, his mm -hmm. he puts his body in such a position where he can block it with his elbow, and the dude just pretty much shatters his entire arm because he just punches a guy right in the elbow. Yeah, I'm gonna have to watch that show at some point. <laughs> it's good. I would love to know your take on it. All right, so let's we let's talk about everything you're doing right now. First, we teased it a little bit earlier, but let's talk Comic Corner podcast. Oh, okay, what that's about. Well, the Comic Corner podcast is uh, is for geeklegacy.com. That's the site that kind of sponsors it. Uh, it is a comic book news and review show that we put out every two weeks. And occasionally we have special episodes where we interview creators or do movie reviews or things like that for the, the latest big Marvel or DC release. Uh, but yeah, so my co-host Tyler Waterman and I kind of break down what's happening in the news that week, review and we review five, six books. We rant and rave about things that are going on. You know, if there's something particularly awesome happening, we'll talk about it. If there's something particularly grinding our gears, you know, we'll talk about it. But, yeah, we try to have a fun time. But, yeah, is, comic books. I love them. Is there – do you guys focus mostly on DC Marvel titles? Do you jump yep. into we Image, jump Vertigo? Everything. Okay. We, is we it, do it is, everything. Is there anything currently grinding your gears? Yeah, there is, but it's not a comic book. It's it's the the internet itself, um, which is very very often something that Tyler and I will talk about. Um, the, the outrage culture that that seems to be prominent on Twitter right now is driving me nuts. Uh, and there's been a lot of shakeups, especially in DC lately, where people are just just ranting on you and you know, oh outrage, 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 and they're just 
talking crazy nonsense and it just it drives me nuts. I wish I wish people would take a minute, step back and realize that, yes, while you may love these characters, they're not yours. A B that we're talking large, massive corporations. These aren't little mom and pop shops where, hey, you could just fire that guy because you want to. That's not how the real corporate world works. Things like that. So, yeah, lately uh, the Internet is and specifically specifically the Twitterverse has been driving me a little nuts in that regard. Yeah, I've 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 been a little jaded by the outspoken the outspoken minority that's just really doing bad things for the nerd community. Yeah, I mean, look, there are a lot of problems in comic books. I get it. There there's a lot of misrepresentation, a lot of lack of representation, a lot of lack of diversity. There's a lot of a lot of creator issues, there's a lot of editorial problems, things like that. But as outsiders looking in, it's very easy to just go, hey, look at this one isolated thing. Why aren't you fixing this? You know, it's just not how the real world works. And the constant yelling and outrage, it kind of wears me down. Yeah. And I just wish, I just wish the nerd community would realize that we have won. Like we absorbed pop culture. Totally. Be happy. Give it a rest. Yeah. Like, we're, first of all, we're getting approximately three new Marvel movies a year. Yeah. Add in any DC movies we get, whether you like them or not. Um, There is a comic book movie coming out every other month for the next three years. Oh, yeah. And we are getting one Star Wars movie a year into perpetuity. I know. I know. It's it's crazy. It is the greatest time in the world to be a nerd, and nerds seem to be the least happy that they've ever been right now. It's ridiculous. We should be having huge bacchanals in the streets, cats and dogs living together. Exactly. Exactly. It should be it should be a nonstop nerd orgy all the time. <laughs> and, and, and it's and it's not. And it drives me nuts. Um, that's going to be one of the hashtags I use for nerd this orgy. podcast. Nonstop nice. nerd orgy. All right. So uh, another thing that we've been talking about this time is the Mighty Jerd. Uh, yeah. Your, your website. Why did you start it? Any roadblocks you've overcome? Yeah, so thejerd.com is something I started. Oh, man. We're, oh, my God. It's almost been four years. Holy crap. Happy, happy anniversary. Yeah, it'll be Comic-Con. Uh, San Diego Comic-Con will be the anniversary. It's uh, I started it uh, almost four, year, four years ago in the airport flying home from Comic-Con. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there was not a lot of planning that went into it. You know, again, going back to the, my grandfather, you know, like anything, I'm just like, I'm going to do this thing uh, now with no research. And I started doing it and I've been doing it for four years now. Um, I started it because I – for two reasons. One, for a while, uh, bubbling up inside me had been an anger towards a lot of my nerd friends growing up. And what I mean by that is, you know, like I said, I'm 43. So I've had friends in the nerd, you know, in the nerd verse that I, that, I mean, I've known since I was a teenager. And, you know, even when I was a teenager, I was a giant, giant nerd, but I was active. You know, I played a couple sports. I wasn't good at them, but I wrestled. I ran cross country. I skateboarded all the time, things like that. So I was active and I was always in, I won't say good shape, but decent shape. Um, nerd friends, not so much. And over the years, I watched them just get to a point where they're all overweight. They all have chronic health problems. And sitting in rooms with them where they're complaining about, I don't know why I feel like shit all the time as they opened another two liter of Mountain Dew. Just I just I didn't realize how much that had been sitting inside me. And when I was at Comic-Con, you know, four years ago, went to a couple talks. I went to a Kevin Smith talk. And I went to a Felicia Day talk and they both were sitting there talking about the the need for more people to just create and do something that they feel strongly about. And I don't know what it was. I don't know what it was that they said that kind of unlocked that that turmoil that had been sitting inside. But 
the last day I was there and on the way to the airport, I was like, you know what? I know a good deal about health and fitness. I know a good deal about eating right. I know I can coach people. I've taught martial arts my entire life. That's something a positive that I can do. And then I thought to myself, what could I do that puts a spin on it that makes it a little unique? I said, I need to make it relatable. I need to make it relatable to all these people who for their entire life had actively avoided anything physical because of the way, you know, just the, the prejudices and the, the abuse and the bullying that they suffered growing up. So they don't know how to work out. They, they have no clue. They, they hid in gym class. Even if they wanted to, they wouldn't know where to start. So I said to myself, man, I need to come up with a way to make fitness relatable so that people understand that it is not mutually exclusive, that you can be fit and healthy and still enjoy all the nerdy things and passions that you want to in your life. And that's, and that's where I started. I sat down at the airport waiting for our plane, came up with the name, registered the domain, set up the email stuff, came up with my mission statement, came up with my first tagline and started drawing out a logo. Yeah. And I've been doing it ever since. I can't say I've been doing it particularly successfully. <laughs> no, I mean, the website, the website is going strong. Occasionally life gets in the way and I don't put up as many articles as I want. But honestly, I have, I have had so many success stories come back to me about people that have, have thanked me or, you know, I, for instance, here's an example, things that make it worthwhile. Am I, am I going to be able to quit my job because the jerd.com is taking over the world? No, I'm not. And I am okay with that. You know, the last time I was at a local convention, it's a convention called awesome con here in DC, very cool convention. It's growing huge. I had a small booth there with another local uh, geek fitness company uh, that, that make cool workout gear. So we had a little booth. I was there selling my eBooks. They were there selling their t-shirts and water bottles and things like that. And a local game designer came walking up to the booth and said, Hey man, you don't know me, but I bought your book uh, eight months ago. And I just wanted to let you know that you know, I've lost 40 pounds I'm off my blood pressure medication. My diabetes is under control and, and just everything just thanks to your website. And I, like that right there was enough to fuel me for another year just on that one story. That makes it worth it to me. So while I've had my roadblocks and trying to generate traffic and, you know, the Internet is just like nowadays is like yelling into a wind tunnel. It's impossible to get your message out there without a full time marketing team. But I'm trying it's stories like that that just make it absolutely worthwhile for me. And, and I've had, you know, I've had a lot of success stories come back to me. So I'm thankful for that. That's awesome. That's so like, if that's the only thing that ever happens, yes. I'm, I'm defining that as successful. Yes. Like, it was absolutely worth my time of writing article and article over how to eat right and ways to exercise and how to motivate yourself and how to prioritize things in your life and trying to help people. If that one guy is healthier and, and, and I've had, like I said, I've had multiple people come up to me at conventions. I've hundreds of emails come in from people that have thanked me for, for helping them out, whether it's losing five pounds or whether it's losing 40 or whether it's just getting off medication or whether it's feeling just better about themselves as a person you, that's that's what it's all about and that's why i started the site um it just it, it just makes me happy man dude that's that's awesome i can't add anything to that um that's beautiful i think so <laughs> and Obviously, I'm hoping that that leaves people wanting more, and so hopefully we'll get a chance to see you at San Diego Comic-Con. That is the plan. That is the plan. I've submitted for a panel this year uh, at Comic-Con. Uh, the, the panel, the hopeful title of the panel is is Geek, Fis Geek Fitness, Unleashing Your Inner Superhero. Uh, right now, it's supposed to be myself. Uh, a representative from Nerdstrong Gym, uh, which is the you know who held the panel that we we met at last year, um, and Ryan Day, who is uh, from Geek and Sundry, as Felicia Day's brother, who's also a a big fitness and in, in, uh, jujitsu guy. Um, so we're definites for the panel, and we're looking for a couple other people to round it out. But right now, unfortunately, we still don't have the 
the thumbs up from Comic-Con. They're, they're dragging their feet on getting the panel approvals out, but any day now, any day now, man, I'm looking that's, forward to it. That's awesome. And I know this is going to come out about a month before. So everyone put that, I mean, I know it's going to get approved. So put that on your Comic-Con schedule. I will be there. Um, Jeff will be there. I can almost guarantee Joe from Geekitude will be there. And oh, have no doubt. I, w- I will start shaming people into going. If, <laughs> if that panel happens, it will be a packed room to the gills. Hall uh, H. Oh, well, let's not let's not let's not be crazy now. Uh, <laughs> but no, I I fully in, I fully intend for it. To, you know, I've given. I've given this panel before at local conventions, and it's always been very successful. But I mean, San Diego—that's a—that's a step up. That's that's the that's the big stage. You know yeah, what I'm saying? So that is that is the big leagues. And all right, as we're wrapping up, I have taken up uh, a decent amount of your time today. Do you have a go-to nerd uh, or fitness resource or app that you can share with us? You mean other than the jerd.com? Other than the jerd.com, yes. I am am not an app person. But the app that I've heard ridiculously good amount of feedback from, from readers of the site, uh, especially those that, you know, obviously I don't run, like I said, so I'm woefully behind the times and all the different running apps out there. But for a lot of people that are using running as, as a supplement to their workouts, I keep hearing amazing things about Run Zombies Run. Oh, yeah, I love it. Oh, do you use that app? Yeah. Yeah, that that's the app that keeps coming back that you know, even though I've never personally used it, I feel confident in recommending because so many people say that it adds, you know, an element of excitement to the runs and makes it a lot less boring, which man, running to me is just mind numbing. Unless unless I am going to be eaten by a bear, there is no reason for me to be running. So zombies, uh, zombies might be a close second though. So I, I get the appeal of the app. So yeah, if people are looking for something out there and you want, maybe want to take up running, you want to start getting a little more active. I, I think the run zombies, uh, app would be, a, would be a great, great fit for you. I was going to say, maybe I should get you an app called run bear. <laughs> that would make me, that would make me run. I'm not going to lie. So, uh, yeah. All right. Jeff, you've already told us about the jerd.com. Where else can people connect with you on the social medias? You can reach me, let's see, anywhere really. So on Twitter, at The Mighty Jerd. On Facebook, the Facebook page is The Mighty Jerd. Uh, on YouTube is, guess what? The Mighty, the Mighty Jerd. Look at that. And if anyone out there still uses Google Plus, yeah, The Mighty Jerd <laughs> on there as well. Uh, so, yeah, you can pretty much reach me anywhere. Uh, people can always reach me also via the site. There's uh, email contact information and all my social media stuff is there on the website as well. So if you have any questions about fitness or you want to talk comic books or anything else, you know, you reach me there. Or if you're specifically interested in the comic book stuff, you can always find me at the comic corner as well. Excellent. And what I wanted to say is it's really great when you get all your social media handles to be the same thing, especially when you make up right. a word. I know. Perfect. I know. I was pretty lucky. (laughs) All right. And to cap things off, what final parting advice do you have for everyone out there listening to the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast? Number one, rate and review this podcast for Kenny because it's excellent. Yes, thank you. No no problem, man. But secondly, I think the the parting thought I want to leave anyone is if you're listening to this and you're thinking to yourself, man, I want to get in shape. I want to do better. I, I want to feel better about myself. Don't wait. Don't fall into the trap of I'll start next week. Start right now. Soon as you finish this podcast, go for a walk. Do something physical. Prep a healthy meal. Don't make the excuse of, oh, I'll start sometime else. Now is the best time to start. Because the sooner you start, the sooner you're going to reach your goal. That's so true. And if people are still listening to this and they want to get in shape, stand up right now and do 10 bodyweight squats, you know? Yes. Do it now. There's no time like the present. That's right. Do it right now. All right. Anything else, Jeff? No, man. Thanks so much for having me on. This is great talking to you. I appreciate it. I look forward to seeing you at San Diego Comic-Con. Excellent. Thank you so much for being on. You have been 
God, one of the greatest guests to talk to. I've had so much fun talking to you, and I'm super motivated right now. I'm probably going to go do um, stretches for my uh, – I hurt my other knee – or no, my uh, IT band. So I'm going to go I'm gonna go work that out right now. Um, Love it. Love it. I hope you feel better, man. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate it. And to everyone listening, this has been another episode of the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope you're listening to this while you're doing those bodyweight squats. We will catch you on the next one. Work out and nerd out, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast. Please leave us a review on iTunes as well as a rating. We would definitely appreciate it. And while you're at it, follow us on all social media at Dumbbells Dragon. That includes Pinterest, Tumblr, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Periscope, and Snapchat. Until next time, work out, nerd out.